Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hallelujah. Father, we're, we're just so grateful. We're so, so grateful. We're so, so grateful. We are so, so grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody's knees are being healed right now. Your knees are being healed. And uh, they were to the point to where I don't know if you've had knee replacements, but they're that bad. So whoever that is, move around. Do something you couldn't do. We're not checking it to see if it worked. We're giving action to that anointing. How many of you know faith? is an act. Amen. So just right where you're at, move those knees around. Do something. Squats or lift them high. Do something to show God, I believe in your power that's working in me. Hallelujah. So much of the time we may sense the power of God tangibly, but even if you don't, there's power that's felt and there's power that's unfelt. Amen. And uh, we, we just received the flow. I said, we received the flow. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, you'll have to forgive me. I know you. Tell me your first name again. I, I was going to call you Matt. Yeah, I was going to call you Matthew, but I thought, Nancy, you've done it wrong before. Don't do that. Uh, my husband loved you so much. He often, uh, he would just be like a, a, you'd just be like a target for him. He always loved harassing you. And, but when I looked over, God said, there's something of increase for him. And I don't know, I don't know what you do business-wise, but this seems to be in that financial arena. So just raise up your hands and receive that. Father, we thank you. We thank you for that which you have for him that will elevate and bring him into a further place, restoring what had been stolen, restoring what was lost. Now, you have to know this. Uh, when we miss God, because we've all done it, when we go the wrong direction, God doesn't want us to turn in upon ourselves. He wants us to just come back and get it set right. And the reason you can do that, you have to know this. There was sin found in Satan. No one tempted him that direction. He chose it. He willed it. Every time we miss it, we have a tempter. So I'm not dismissing us. I'm saying there's always attempt or trying to get us the wrong direction. Right. Yes. And as we gain in our 
place in authority. Our, our, our place of authority is equal. We all have equal authority, but as we become more skillful in that place and learn how to take a stand against that tempter, then he cannot work in us or against us or through us the way he has in the past. But what he wants to do is try to hold you back in the thought and the memory of the past because he wants to... He wants to hinder you from uh, being bold to advance. And I just, I just want you to know, you didn't get into any failure alone. And you don't get into any forgiveness alone either. Jesus, his blood sets it right and makes it as though we never missed it. And I have more faith in the blood of Jesus that cleanses than in the tempter who tempts us. Yes. I think I'm that knee person. You think you're that knee person? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I hurt myself bad. You hurt yourself. It swelled up about that big. Wow. I never went and had a check. Yeah. But it's bothered me. Since recently. that time. Immediately. I mean, it's been bothering me majorly recently. This right leg. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Y'all receive it. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We, we, uh, oh, shoot. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Anybody with heart trouble, you've had heart conditions, come up here real quickly. It could be high blood pressure, anything to do with the heart, come up here real quickly. Praise the Lord. Congregation, are you using your faith with us? It matters to us. I said it matters to us that people receive what they need. It matters to us that people receive what they need. We're interested in someone else's miracle and someone else's healing. Hallelujah. So I invite you, just reach your hands out. Extend your hands toward these uh, as a sign that I'm joining my faith with them. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Those of you that are up here, say this after me. Say, when hands are laid on me, the healing power of God will go into my body. It will drive out pain and symptoms, sickness and disease, and I shall be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Be whole in Jesus' name. Just say this with me. Say, I receive that. I receive from the top of my head to the soles of my feet in Jesus' name. I, uh, there it goes in you, love. There that goes in you. There. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole, uh, uh, be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole. There it goes in you, love. There it goes in you. Be whole in Jesus' name. Ah. Mm. We thank you, Jesus. Is there something else in your body or just that? I have a disease called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is part of a heart issue. Yeah, yeah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, uh, for working. Huh? 
I thank you for angels that bring, that bring body parts, that make corrections, make adjustments. We believe in the power of God and that power many times is administered and an angels will cooperate with that power. Let me say it that way, they cooperate with that power. We thank you, Father, Some working on you. Ah, ah, working. That heart be whole in, G in Jesus' name. That heart be whole, that heart be whole in Jesus' name. That heart be whole ah, in Jesus' name. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. Mm. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. That heart be whole. Oh. That heart be whole. Oh. Mm. In Jesus' name. Mashtikiye. I don't know what this means. I don't know what arena is pertaining to. Something to adjust, something to correct on your part. I don't know what that is. He'll let you know what that is. Maybe you know, or he'll let you know. Sometimes it's adjust to adjust something in the way we think. Sometimes it's an adjustment in the way we're saying something. Sometimes it's an adjustment in, a, in, a, in an action we're taking. I don't know what it is, but He'll let you know something to correct on your part. Amen. We thank you for it, Father. We thank and be whole in Jesus' name. Ah. Be whole in Jesus' name. Say this with me. Say, I receive that healing power. It's doing a work in me right now. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. That heart be whole in, Je in Jesus' name. That heart be whole ah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, there's something of obedience that there's... There's something you have knowledge of in your own spirit, and if you'll obey that and step into it, I don't know what that is. He's telling you to do something. I don't know what it is, but you'll step into that obedience. You'll step into the fullness of something. We thank you for it, Father. Ah, oh, that be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in ah ma Father, I thank you for ah, the years, the coming years, added years, lengthened years. I thank you for it, Father. I've learned this, that sometimes things come to me, I don't know what they're they pertain to it's not my business but it says in Matthew 8 17 we we know it himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses and we know that part well but the first part also is true that it might be fulfilled which was spoken 
And, so, and I have to say things so things can be fulfilled. If they, are, if they go unspoken, they go unfulfilled. It's not enough that I know it. I have to speak it. And that's why I'll speak things I don't even understand because he fulfills what's spoken. Our job is to speak it. Words give his power an assignment. Hallelujah. So we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Be whole in Jesus' name. Ah, we thank you, Father. Be whole ah, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for that work, that corrective work, that corrective work in her heart being done. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. We thank you for it. That heartbeat. Oh, oh, yeah, Anna. Yeah. We thank you for it, Father. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. That heart be whole. My we call for new parts we call for new parts new parts new parts we thank you father we thank you father that heart be whole in Jesus name hallelujah we worship you father we worship you we thank you Jesus we thank you Jesus we thank you, Jesus, that heart be whole. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you for that heart be whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. For him, you, for him. Father, we thank you for that power. Mm. We thank you for it. Making him whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you, Father, for making that heart. Ah! In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just thank him tonight. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. You're such a wonderful healer. We're, we're so, so grateful. We're so, so grateful. Oh, it cost you everything so we could be whole. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful. Who is it with the neck that you had difficulty moving it? It's because there have been vertebrae out of place and that you go to get them put back in place and they don't stay. And it just is getting, if I could say this worse, you're doing everything you know to do and that men know to do for you. But who is that? Just move that around. 
just move that around. It's being healed right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just move that around right now. We thank you for it, Father. We glorify you, Father. We glorify you. Hallelujah. We're always so pleased to give him the time that he needs and takes with us. Amen. We're so, so grateful. In the front of someone's neck, right in here, there's, there's been some kind of damage done. I don't know whether it's to it through an accident or just something internally. I just hear this damage that has been done. I don't even know if it's something in the area of the Adam's apple, right in that area. Just raise up your hands and receive that. If that, if that describes your need, you have to perform the act of receiving. And you say, Pastor Nancy, how do I do that? You say, I receive that. That's for me. I take it. And it, you don't want to stand there and go, well, I don't know if it means me. If it got anywhere near my need, my need may be down here on the wrist, but God, I mean, I'm just saying don't get mental and get yourself talked out of it because you, you do that and you'll not respond from your heart as you ought and receive all that he has for you. We thank you, Jesus. Somebody's shoulders have been uneven. And I, I don't know if it's due to the back. I don't know if it's due to some kind of damage with the shoulders, but uh, your shoulders have been uneven. That's being corrected right now. Just receive that, respond to that. And in that, a shoulder blade is being adjusted, healed, corrected. That's going to involve someone's shoulder blade too. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. There's been a growth in someone's in the throat, high up there in the neck, back in this area, there's been a growth that's being healed right now. So all you have to do is say, I take it, it's mine. I take that power, it's mine. Hallelujah. We receive that, Jesus. We receive that. There's been pain going up from the back of the neck and it travels over the top of the head. Respond to that. Just say, I receive that healing anointing because that's being healed right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to move their neck. Just move it completely around giving action to that. That said you could not do that before. You do that now. Amen. The power meets the act. Because the action is a, is a release of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. We have gotten, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you the number of testimonies we've been getting. Um, healing testimonies. And people will say, when you told me to move my fingers, and I did when I went to move them, something popped into place. You see, it's not just standing there waiting for something to happen. God involves you in your miracle. 
There's never a time he works the miracle apart from, from you. Something of you has to be engaged in that. Amen. I mean, when Jesus turned the water into wine, he didn't just zap things and it just appeared. He told them, go fill up the water, go fill up the pots with water. He got them involved. Take that to the, the governor of the feast. You see, he had people to do something. Why? Because he finds out how interested we are in receiving what we say we want. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, there are female parts. The power of God is working right now on female parts. If you've had any kind of problem in your female area, just release your faith in that power that's working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can put your hand on your, on your lower abdomen there and you can, as a sign, I receive that. And say something that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. What was Isaiah? A man. It's not just fulfilled what God says. It's when man says what God says. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. The prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The divine order of God is something is said and then power meets those words. Actually, words that are in line with his words are containers of power. And they perform what, what is said. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Somebody fell on their elbow and it's caused you great difficulty. I don't know how much damage was done to it, but that's being healed right now. Just move that around. Give action to that anointing. Give action to it. Hallelujah. And the thing about this, nobody can act in your, in your behalf. Amen. Your pastor teaches you well, but he cannot do these things that would call for your faith and your receiving. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you so much. Uh, Miss Jessica, let's just sing that song again, would you, love? Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus.
words for you, divine ideas within your assignments, that he's going to bring, there's going to be an, a divine acceleration of things that are put in, entrusted to your, to your stewardship. And he's going to give you divine ideas because you're going to say, I, I haven't ever taken on a project like this before. I don't know how to do this. But He's going to give you the know-how. And uh, it will enhance the other things that are entrusted to you. I don't know what it is. Hallelujah. Just give me your hands. Father, we, ah, we thank you for those, that impartation, mm, the help and the assist at a whole nother level. We thank you, Father, for the promotion of it. That the divine ideas carry promotion. And as you stay with what he says to do, it'll promote you. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. And there will even be angels that come to you in the nighttime and they talk to you, bringing the understanding you need because we don't have time for processes as they were in the past. We don't have time for that. They will bring divine instructions that will bring about acceleration because there's not the same amount of time to do it as it has always been done. So don't just practice it as it has been. Fulfill it as the divine ideas are given. We thank you for it, Father. We, there it goes. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Mastakaye. And it's very critical how you respond to those angels. It's very critical. Because you can, res you can respond in a measure. And they'll only be able to bring a measure of what they have. But if you'll respond, how do I say this? Without mental calculation. Without trying to figure it out then the whole thing will be imparted to you. Not just a measure of it, but the whole thing. Um, you know, these times call for steps for end times. We're in end times. And we can't do things as we did previously because time isn't the same now. I mean, that, I, I say that for all of us. That means we can't, we can't be rutted into how we've always done it. 
we have to go with how he says it. If we do, it'll bless us. If we don't, we'll end up feeling the repercussions of not stepping into what he shows us. Um, I'm reminded that Dad Hagen, and I say this for Brother Sean's uh, benefit, but for others too, that Dad Hagen years ago, him and Mom Hagen, they would take, you can be seated if you would. Uh, Mom and Dad Hagen would take a trailer and they would park it at a church there on the grounds and they would live in that. Because Dad Hagen, when he would go minister at churches, he would be there never, he said, he wouldn't accept an invitation for less than three weeks. And he said they would normally go up to seven and eight weeks. So they would just have their own travel trailer with them. And one night he was laying in bed and uh, it was the middle of the night. They had, it, they had been laying down for a while and he heard the door open of the travel trailer. So he gets up and he goes and checks and all the doors are locked. There's nothing unusual about it. So he lays back down and he sensed that an angel was there by his bed. And uh, he said, I even reached out to see if I could even feel him because he said, I felt him tangibly there. And he said that angel stood there for a moment then turned around and walked out. A year later, Brother Hagen said he was at a situation where financially he was suffering. He had fallen behind. He was falling behind every single month. And they came into a recession in this country and he was feeling the effects of that recession. And he had been praying about this. So about a year after that event in the trailer, he's having a meeting and he's sitting on the steps. He had taught, he had taught that morning. And then he sat down on the steps leading up to the platform. And he had been, they had just had a time of prayer there with the congregation. And he was talking to God about those finances. He said all of a sudden he looked up and Jesus was standing in front of him. And uh, he said, uh, something to the effect that Hagen was talking to him about the financial situation. And Jesus said to him, he said, my angel came to warn you about the recession that was coming and telling you what to do so that it wouldn't affect you. But you didn't respond. So he walked out with the knowledge that he had and you've been left with the effects of not responding right. And he said, now, he said, I'll help you and he told him when that would turn. So I say that for you, Brother Sean, and for others, because there's a release of angels to help us in these times. They will help you with your ministries. They'll help you with your business. They'll help you with your families, with your children, in your home, with relationships. They will bring to you uh, what you need to know. And you say, well, we're led by the Spirit of God. Yes, but we also, it's also said in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, are not all these ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation? These are ministering spirits and they will minister something good to you. They're not going to minister something bad. They're going to minister something you need. 
Um, but because Dad Hagen got in the mental arena and he said, Jesus said to him, you did not open up your heart. So therefore, the angel just walked out with that information. Now, I remember I was doing a prayer service at our church years ago. And I had taught that night on prayer for a short time. Then I went to the platform. I pulled up a chair and I sat down to pray while everyone else sat down and we were just praying together. And we'd been praying maybe 15, 20 minutes. And Jesus came walking up this uh, side aisle, just like this one, walked up and came up on the platform and stood right by my chair. I knew where he was. And uh, I just waited for him to say something. And he just stood there and he stood there and I thought, why isn't he saying something? And it dawned on me, why don't you respond and invite him? Because Dad Hagen would say this about, about God and about Jesus. He's a perfect gentleman. He will not speak uninvited. See, the devil will move uninvited, but not God. And our faith is his invitation. Our faith is our permission for him to do something. So as Jesus stood by my chair that night, I kept waiting for him. And I sat there about five minutes and I started thinking, he's going to leave in a minute. And he's not said anything. And it dawned on me, well, I haven't said anything. So I said to him, Jesus, I know you're here. What, do you, what did you come to do? Or I said, what did you come to say? That's what I said. And he said, when your husband goes overseas, I want you to travel with him. And that's all he said. And that wasn't really what I was wanting to hear. <laughs> because my thought was, number one, it doesn't make sense for me to go with him because so many other ministers go with him. He doesn't need me there. It becomes, I just saw it, I'm just an additional expense, you know. Not only that, I was perfectly fine to stay home. I'm not naturally an adventurous type person. It's not like, give me, give me the mountaintop. I don't, I don't feel like I have to climb a mountain to, to feel like I'm younger. You know, I, I, I don't. I'm just not that adventurous type. And so it kind of went against naturally what I would have chosen to do. But I did. I started traveling with him. I did not know that years down the road, he would make an early departure. And all of these overseas pastors, I now had a rapport with. And it's because of our rapport in Russia that television first opened up to us that we're now in 185 countries. If I would not have gone with him, you never know what's connected to an instruction that he gives you. I had no idea that if I hadn't have responded to him, I would not have gone overseas with Ed because it didn't look like he needed me. He didn't need me over there, but Jesus did. All right, all right. Because Jesus had other plans. 
I was thinking about it. Um, what's today? Friday? Friday? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We just came back from being at Brother Copeland's ministry headquarters. They were doing what they call Victory Thon. That is just, you know, they have the Victory Channel. And so Brother Copeland pays for every person who airs on that channel. $30 a minute. He pays for everyone. Last year, I went there to preach. They invited me to preach at the church there at Eagle Mountain International Church. It was the first time I had been there to preach. They said, Nancy, we want you to stay over. Can you stay over and stay for Victory Thon? And at that time, I really wasn't even clear what it was. And then they told me a little bit about it. Now, see, I had other plans. You might have other plans for your money, for your time, for your business, but you have to hear what God is saying to you because you don't know what's connected. They, didn't, they did not say, we want you to come on the channel. They wanted me to stay there to be a help through the Victory Thon. I said, I will. I will change my plans. I had to pay extra to change my plans. I had to pay staff to stay with me. I had to make, I had to put myself uh, at, if I could say this, naturally at an inconvenience. Why? Because it's about being a blessing. It's not about everything being convenient for me. And if you're only, if, if we're only going to do something that suits our convenience, we're going to skip over a lot of miracles. And so I said, I would, I would be honored to do that. And so I was on there last year and they would, you know, just have me on the set with them. At the last night, then that's when they invited me on to the Victory Channel. Now, I mean in the back room, not on air, not publicly. <laughs> but I was there during that week, and I sowed for me personally a large offering for me. Then I sowed from our ministry a large offering. I had no idea at that time when I followed what was in my heart, that one day I would be part of that. So I sowed a seed. And Brother Copeland said, does she have a broadcast? And they said, yes. He said, I hope it's daily. I want her on daily. So we started off as a kindness to me. I asked a favor. Can we go on weekly first <laughs> while we build our studio so that we can go daily? And so they did that. I sowed, I just did what was in my heart. And the amount, the value of what that program is daily for our ministry that they are sowing is $234,000 is what they sow. What I'm saying, if I had not have just said, yes, I'll stay and do this, or I'll sow. See, you never know what's connected to something. And I know this, when God says something to us, it's always threaded with something greater. 
He'll, he'll tell you to do this and then this and then this and this and this and they look disconnected and they don't look like a very big deal. But then he pulls the thread and they all start coming together into one miracle, one advancement, one promotion at the end of that. We need to hear divine ideas from the Holy Ghost because God is bringing every single one of us into a greater flow. Yes. Everything in God is increase, advancement, promotion, more. Yes. Just more. Yes. The, the more accurately we hear and the more accurately we follow, we get more. Yes. That measures how much of the more we experience. There was a pastor that he loved race cars. And for his birthday one year, his congregation got him some kind of, and I, I'm going to probably slaughter all the terminology, so forgive me. I don't know. But they got him some kind of a, an event that they paid for to where he got to ride on a track with professional race car drivers in a car by himself. He got to drive it. He's not just a passenger. And so they had the entire track reserved for him. So the, the prof a professional race car driver gives him a lesson how this thing works, the strategy of how do you, how do you increase your numbers, your race time your finish time. And so after that, then the, the car, the man with the race car, the, the professional got in front of him and said, I'm going to drive in front of you. He said, you're to follow me. Don't pass me. You can't, you know, you're not good. But he said, if you will stay as close on my bumper as possible, he said, you'll finish better. He said, if you fall behind, you're going to affect your finish. If you don't stay in line with me, you're going to affect your finish. If I stay low on the course, you stay low, even though you may think you need to go high. He said, if I go high, you, you go high. Don't you stay low. Because if I go high, it's because you must go high to finish better. So he said, how you finish will be dependent upon how close you follow me. Do what I do. Do what I do. So he did it. And he said, he told this pastor, he said, I'm going to take these curves at a speed you've never been at before. He said, but I've been there before. So I know how fast you can take these curves. So if you think you can't, don't throw your foot on the brake. He said, your first inclination is going to be put your foot on the brake. Don't you put your foot on the brake if I don't put my foot on the brake. He said, because if I can take it, you can take it. If I can take a curve at that speed, you can take it. So 
They did the race, and this pastor stayed right on him. He said, I didn't let any, any daylight in between us. I stayed on him. And he said, we got out and said, they were all impressed. They said, no one has ever finished. Who's had this, this experience to get to do this? No one has ever finished because you finished at a professional racer's numbers. Because he, he said, usually they have to slow down so the race, so the, the, the pace car has to slow down to, so that he can, they can, the, the driver can catch back up. They didn't have to do that. He said, I went full throttle the whole time because you followed well. Wow. How well we follow is going to determine how far he can take us. See, that whole course is out there for anybody who is on it. Just because it's out there doesn't mean we're skillful on it. Yes. Remember what Jesus said. He said, I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see my Father do. All Jesus had to be occupied with is his hearing and his seeing. His hearing and His seeing. The miracles for the multitude was connected to Jesus' hearing and His seeing. Your answers are connected to your hearing, the hearing of your spirit, and your seeing. The problem with us many times is we don't take the time to hear and see. This is what meetings like this, we come together and it helps us to be more sensitive so that we can sense what he's saying and what he's showing us. But it doesn't matter that you hear it and see it if you don't do it. He says something to us so we'll know what to do. So we'll know what to say. He shows us things so we'll know what steps to take. It's not enough to say, God showed me this five years ago. I've never done it, but he showed it to me. Or God said this to me years ago. Haven't done it. Now, I know this. Some of the things he says and shows are not for the moment. They are for later. But I would dare to say for me, I've been behind more than ahead. Anyway, praise the Lord. I don't know why we went that direction, but we went that direction. And I'm saying this, and I said this for Brother Sean and for all of us, because God is going to show us things pertinent about us. If he's dealing with you about something, it's not because he doesn't have anything else to do. It's because something is more connected to it than you ever imagined. Okay, I'll just give you, you're, you're going to think this is a lame example. I want to practice in my life on lame examples. I don't want life and death examples to practice on. I want lame examples. So you're going to listen to my lame examples. I, I, I'm not, I don't care to shop. I'm not a clothes shopper. 
And, you know, some people like to. I, it might have started out with because in Altus, growing up, there just weren't a lot of places, plus I had no money. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not really a big shopper. And so on the road, I've been, I, I've been gone a few weeks from home on this trip. And we had a day off, so I went, we went, and we went shopping at a certain place. I got a few things, and I'm getting ready. I, take, I go back to the, my hotel, and my hotel is my home, so I clean it. <laughs> I organize it. I don't want to live in, you know, demolition area. So I go in, and I start putting away things. I start organizing things, put them where they belong. I just don't drop it in the floor because I don't live there forever. But I just don't. And so I start taking things out of the bag, taking tags off and all this, and the receipt is laying on the counter. And I go to throw that away, and I got a check. I just got to, don't throw that away. I go, I don't know why I can't throw that away. I'm cleaning up, you know? So I, 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 I didn't throw it away. I walked off and I left it there. Well, the next day or so, I'm packing up because I'm leaving, and that receipt's laying there. I clean the room for the maid before I leave. Why? Well, I do unto others. I don't leave a wreck for someone else to clean. It's not right. I mean, if that were my job, I wouldn't want somebody to wreck the room, then I've got to go in and... Right? So... I clean up and tidy up everything, and that receipt is laying there. And I had this sense, I just had, it wasn't words, it wasn't a voice, I just had this sense, don't throw it out. So anyway, so I picked it up and threw it out. Why? Because I'm thinking this receipt is only to return something right. with. I'm not returning it. I don't return anything anyway. I just give it away. It's not worth it. It's not worth the time. Just give it away. I don't have time for that. I do. Somebody, I just, here, you want this? You know? That's just my mindset. So... I'm thinking the, uh, the only thing this receipt is for is to return something. I'm not returning it. It's going in the trash. Nancy, you're just off. I get to the next location, and I think, I'm going to wear this item. I pull it out, and the sweet clerk had left the censor on it. Stephen is there. Morgan is there. They're, we're, they're all on the trip. And I said, called Stephen. Stephen, can you get this off? He said, at home. <laughs> I got to have tools. I don't have tools here. I can't get it off. And it dawned on me, Nancy, if you had a receipt, <laughs> you could take this down because they have a store in this city it's not the same store but they have a store in this city and now you can't get the sensor off because you don't have a receipt I go oh so the receipt is not for what I thought it was for when I sensed that See, I thought I knew what a receipt was for. So anyway, so I go, well, maybe they emailed me one. I look, no, they didn't email me a receipt. I knew I had the paper one, but I thought maybe they emailed me one. A few minutes later, Morgan calls. Mom, do you have the receipt? 
We are going down there to the store to go shopping. We'll take it and we'll get it off. Funny you say that. Just be quiet. Because it's a reminder of disobedience. You never, and I, I, I tell you, I repented before Jesus because some things are going to be, that's not a life and death situation. I had other clothes I could wear. But he will use these everyday things to practice your skill in hearing and following closely because the more closely you follow, you say, was it really important to God that you get that sensor off? Probably not, but it's really important that I be skillful. These everyday things, if we practice living out of our minds, now listen to me, if we practice living out of our minds, we lose proficiency with our spirits. If we practice living out of our spirits, that mental reasoning starts losing sway over us. And the days we're in and coming into, they're matters of life and death. I said they are matters of life and death in some situations. When God says, quit doing that, and you don't know why he's telling you to quit doing that, so you keep doing that. Many times, well, it tells us The children of God are led by the Spirit of God, right? Yes. And then it goes on to say the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. That's the primary way He leads us. We, he just bears witness. It doesn't say we have a voice that we hear. It doesn't say we even feel anything. We, it just bears witness. There's a knowing about something. You know, I should not do that. I should not buy that. I should not go that direction today. I should not, mm, I should not send my child over there. You, there's just a, a knowing. What is that? That's the Spirit of God bearing witness with your spirit. What we want many times is a more dramatic leading before we respond and he's not promised us a dramatic leading he has said my children are led by the spirit of God and then he says the spirit bears witness with our spirit we don't have any verse that promises you you'll hear a voice we don't have any verse that promises you that you will have a prophecy given to you or a dream or an angel appearing to you and dealing. You don't have a promise of any of that. Those, though, though, those are scriptural. There's not a promise that you can stand on to claim one of those. But you do have the promise that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the way He leads is He bears witness. So you can claim that the Spirit of God will always bear witness with me and with you over your own lives. Right? 
But how many times we think it's just such a slight leading, it must not be important. I have seen life and death situations on nothing but a bearing of witness, just a knowing. It wasn't big, it wasn't dramatic. When my husband, when he went on that last trip before he died, he asked me to go, but I just had a, God didn't speak to me. There was not a voice. I just had a sense, I don't want to go. He went to my son, Grant, asked him to go. And he said, Dad, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't seem to be led. No voice, nothing spectacular. We just didn't wait for something bigger. We followed our spirit. It's dangerous to override your spirit. It's not only advisable to listen to your spirit, it's dangerous to go against what you know in your spirit. But sometimes because it's not so dramatic of a leading, we think it's not that important. When I get up and I call out things, and Dr. Jacobs does the same thing, you see different ministers do that, I don't hear a voice. It's just a leading in here that gets people miracles. Following that leading, and then someone else's miracle is connected to that. The better you follow God in your own everyday life, the more He can use you to help someone else in their life. So it does matter. It does matter that we're skillful at hearing and following. Um, I'm not against, in the body of Christ, there's a measure of teaching we have to have about leadership in the sense of, you have to know how, when, you know, you have to teach your staff how to lead a department or things like that. But can I tell you the message of the body of Christ is not we're leaders, we're followers. We're followers. And if you get this idea that I only ever want to lead, I only ever want to lead, the people who lead best are best at following. They follow the Word. They follow their spirit. They follow the Holy Ghost. They follow instruction of their leadership. Sheep are followers. They're not leaders. Why? Because we have a divine leader. And he doesn't need our leading joined with his leading. He needs us to submit and come into agreement and obedience to what's in our heart. And it's not hard. On the inside, sometimes you might have a sense, I, it just doesn't seem right to do it, then don't do it. You have a piece about doing it, do it. If you don't have a piece about do, not doing it, don't do it. I have dealt with millions of dollars based on did I have a piece or not. I didn't have a voice. I didn't have anything dramatic. I just practiced following. Because miracles for your life are connected to how well you follow. There's um, one man who worked closely with Catherine Kuhlman, and he made this statement. He said, Her, Catherine Kuhlman's fellowship with God made it easy 
for other people to receive their miracles. What's he saying? She was skillful at hearing and doing what he said. And at the end of that was a miracle for someone. It matters. There's miracles for your family, dads. But it's going to be up to your ability to hear and follow that. And it's so easy. Just do it. I have, a, I have a series for children. It's called Little Ones Can Do Big Things Too. And I go through and I note the different children that, G, that the Word used, God used in a big way. And you think about it. When the Pharaoh said this, he sent out an edict that all Hebrew babies were to be killed. And in this home, one woman stood up and said, not in my house while other mamas were turning their babies over to the sword to be thrown in the Nile River or to be killed at the sword. She said, not in my house. And God gave her a plan. And she made a basket out of bulrushes. She put Moses in that basket. But that's not all she did. She told Miriam, follow the basket. Puts that basket in the water, and Miriam, her all she did was follow the basket. Keep her eye on the basket. Where does it go? Where does it end up? It arrives at Pharaoh's daughters within her reach. She just happens to be in the water that day at that location where the basket came. And Miriam walks up. This princess took and, and had the plan to make this child her child. And Miriam walks up and says, you need a nurse? <laughs> yes, I do need a nurse. I'll go get you one. And went and got his mother. <laughs> and she was paid to take care of her own baby. Wow. In the house of Pharaoh, of the man who had given the edict that the Hebrew babies are to die, he's raising one funding it, paying for it, and paying his mama to be mama. Why? Because Miriam followed. She saw where it ended up. Really, the faith life is just one of following. Amen? The life of victory, just follow what's in your heart. And I tell you what, there are things that he's always speaking to you things to adjust, things to implement, things to cut away. Why? Because he's endeavoring to bring us into more. Amen. Till we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it went a different way tonight. I was going to go. I got a whole nother sermon. We'll have to come back tomorrow night and see if that's preached or not. But, but I so appreciate that in this hour, it is an hour for those, for us to become so skillful with the Word and the Spirit. Amen. You don't have to worry, how do I get this difficulty in my life changed? All you have to do is hear. It's all you have to do. Then I'll close with this. One of the things 
that I, uh, you've heard me talk about it. I've referred to it when my husband went home to be with the Lord. There were eight projects, major projects, that he, let, he left that still needed to be completed. He had been working for five years to get those completed. Two of them were the completions of buildings. So I'm talking about big projects. One of the, prod, one of the buildings he had stopped on because he ran out of money in that account that funded that building project. He got it about 70% done, but he had to stop. I needed that one project was connected to every other project because if that one went down, if it didn't get funded, it was going to have a financial repercussion on the rest of things. He had cut a deal with the bank that financed, that held the note on our church building. They gave him a year and a half to get refinanced. They, they bought our note and they said, we don't, they bought our bank out and they said, we don't fund churches. So we'll offer you a year and a half of lower interest if you'll go somewhere else. He said, all right, I'll do it. But in the meantime, he started this building and then couldn't get it finished. So now he can't get refinanced because he's got an unfinished building on the property and they don't want to finance unfinished projects. So he tried for a year to get it refinanced and couldn't. Then he died. That was one project I had to do. I not only had to finish the building, but I had to get financing on, the pre on our sanctuary. And I had six months to do it. We tried, we could not because we had an unfinished building. The only way I could get refinanced is finish the building, and I had no money. So the bank called, and they're threatening, putting the pressure on. And they're saying, by, and I'm down in Georgetown, I was down at Pastor Dennis's church, and I got a contact from the bank and said, by tomorrow we wanna know where you're gonna get the $400,000 needed to finish the building. And I thought, well, I've looked at my purse and I couldn't find it. <laughs> but if you've got another hole I can look in, I'll look. Like, if I knew where it was coming from, I would have already done it. And I said, I said, this is what I said to the devil, your pressure is not my pressure. I will not take that pressure. And I went to preach, and then I came back from preaching the service that night. And I came back in the hotel room, and I laid down to go to bed and go, oh, they want to know where I'm getting $400,000 tomorrow. I need to have an answer. I didn't have to find the money. I can't find it by tomorrow. But God has a plan for it. This caught me by surprise, not God. He's already planned for everything that your life calls for before the foundation of the world. <coughs> Ephesians 2.10 talks about that. So everything you have need of, there's a plan in place for that to be answered. It's not my job to figure out the plan. It's my job to hear the plan. 
I never have to figure out another answer. I just have to hear it. So I laid in my bed that night and I said to God, I said, God, this catches me by surprise. I don't know where the 400,000 is, but you are never caught by surprise. You knew this demand would be coming. So I'm just looking to hear what you know. See, God's not going to formulate a plan the moment you pray. He's already had it planned before the foundation of the world. But when you pray, you let him know, I want to hear what you already planned. So I just said in English, they need to know where I'm going to get $400,000 tomorrow. I need to know what you know. You know where the money is. I don't. So I'm just going to pray here in the spirit until I hear what you know. And I took off just praying in in other tongues for 10 minutes. At the end of 10 minutes, like a bubble on the inside of me floated up and enlightened my mind. You see, God doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. But what your spirit knows has to enlighten your mind because there are things your spirit knows your mind hasn't caught up with yet. So I just, at the end of 10 minutes of speaking in other tongues, up from my spirit floated this. If I, I don't know how to say it other than it seemed like a bubble that just floated up. And in that, he told me exactly where it was. He told me exactly what to do. And I won't go into all that. But it involved the bank doing something. And they agreed to it. And we got the building done. And we got it refined. And everything was done. Why? Because my help was in my hearing. My help is not in worry. My help is not in fear. My help is not in counseling with other people. My help is in my hearing. I've got to hear what he says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what is the word of God? It's what God says. You know what? You can always have faith when you know what God said to you about your situation. Take time to hear from him what he tells you to do about your situation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Father, we thank you. We are so thrilled to know that no matter what comes, we have divine help. We have divine assistance. We have divine ideas. We have divine instruction. We're so grateful for the divine genius that is on the inside of us. We draw and we look to that divine genius who is in us. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We honor you. We turn our spiritual ears to hear what you say. We quiet our minds. But we turn our ears toward our spirit and what you have to say to us. And we purpose to be obedient. Every single one of us, there are things you're dealing with us about. Every single one of us know what you're dealing with us about. Every single one of us, you're dealing with us about something. Not because you're being critical, but because you're endeavoring to bring us into more. You're good to us. You're so good to us. 
that you're always endeavoring to bring us further. So we purpose to be obedient. The willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. So we not only are willing, but we carry out what's in our hearts. We don't procrastinate any longer. We don't put it off any longer because our miracle is connected to us obeying what we hear. And so we thank you. Jesus, thank you for those healed tonight. Thank you for that healing power. Thank you for the angels that are part of heaven's equipment that brings body parts. We receive them. We, we're so, so grateful. We are so, so grateful for your power. Thank you for answers and help tonight. Even if someone says that didn't help, that didn't bring an immediate, that didn't help an immediate need, it will in the future. They will need what was spoken tonight. And so we thank you for stocking the shelves of our life with your answers and help for our life. We honor you tonight. Thank you for these precious pastors, this precious family. They have honored what you have put in us. And we're so grateful to be here. We thank you. We give you glory and honor and thanks tonight. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Pastor. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.